welcome and good morning or afternoon or the middle of the night to those who have joined us for this call and to those who are watching it in your own time. I'm Rachel Oyster and I'll be one of the co-hosts for this event. Also joining us from the 2023 Global NEC are, are, are the chair, Keith Branham and David Schellenberg, Alenka Kiernan and Eric Burns. I want to start by thanking the chair candidates who have joined us here for standing for office and for participating in our video panel. And that makes it my job to explain how we have organized the sessions. We have two candidates. Each candidate will get a two minute opening statement. And then Rachel Halink and I will ask you a series of questions. We'll call on you to answer alternatively. We wanna create a bit of an opportunity for some discussion. So after you've answered the question, we'll give you a little bit of time for an optional follow-up response or share anything you didn't cover in your initial response. And as we put each question to you, we'll let you know how much time you have for your answer and for your follow-up response. Uh, our candidates might want to have a clock or a timer in front of them, but we also have a timekeeper. So if you hear somebody say time off in the distance somewhere, that just means your time limit is up. So please stop talking or we will all look at you and very nastily and mic your and mute your microphone. <laughs> all right. So to determine the order for the opening statement, David is going to toss a coin in fine journalistic tradition. Yes, a fine Canadian loony. <laughs> I suppose a big question is who gets to be the loony and who gets to be the queen? The other you candidates have a, pre <laughs> a preference. What does that mean? Well, I'll go with queen. Martha, do you accept that he's the queen? I, I graciously allow jazz to be our queen <laughs> <laughs> and the queen wins at least for this point all right so lee donald jazz moore take it away you have two minutes to make an opening statement thank you very much everybody um at the core of our mission lies the fundamental right that every voice deserves to be heard um <clears throat> regardless of the geographical boundaries our primary goal is clear increase voter turnout and in to uh, ensure that Americans living abroad exercise their right to vote in every election. Our mission extends far beyond party lines over political affiliations. It is about upholding the very essence of democracy itself. We must include efforts to increase outreach and engagement with underrepresented, such as black voters, young voters, or individuals with disabilities. And to achieve this, we must embark on a multifaceted strategy that embraces innovation, engagement, and collaboration. First and foremost, we must harness the power of technology to connect and mobilize. By utilizing cutting edge digital platforms, we can transcend physical barriers and engage voters in a meaningful and convenient way, especially in remote and rural areas. We have a great user-friendly tool that makes voter registration, absentee ballot requests, and election information easily accessible to all. But furthermore, we must employ a proactive approach to voter outreach, amplifying our message and ensuring that every American living overseas knows their voice matters. I will establish robust communication channels, reaching out to citizens and target communities through social media campaigns, email newsletters, virtual town halls, and webinars. With comprehensive and accurate information, we will dispel any confusion or barriers to participation. Additionally, I strongly believe in the power of grassroots mobilization. I will invest in local chapters, empowering them with the resources and training needed to mobilize their communities effectively. By fostering a sense of camaraderie and share, uh, shared purpose, we will create a network of passionate advocates working together to drive voter engagement at the local, regional, and international levels. And as international chair, I pledge to work tirelessly to forge partnerships with like-minded organizations, both within the Democratic Party and beyond. By Collaborating with allied groups, nonprofit organizations, and international stakeholders, we can amplify our collective impact and advocate for policies that promote democratic values, um, social justice, and human rights. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jazz. Martha, you have two minutes. Well, thank you, uh, Blue Vote Cafe and Rachel and David and the NEC for having us here today. My name is Martha McDevitt Pugh. I'm a California voter in the Netherlands. My pronouns are she and her. And I'm here today because like you, I care about the future of our democracy and of our country. 
I joined Democrats Abroad as a volunteer. I came to the Netherlands because my wife is not a U.S. citizen and we were locked out of U.S. immigration. We mobilized Americans with same-sex partners living around the world to share their stories of being denied immigration rights. And that's how I found Democrats Abroad and DA found me, through my advocacy. I've had many roles at Democrats Abroad, from voter registration to voter assistance, country chair and vice chair, leading a task force in a caucus, and as your current DNC representative, a voter protection team leader, and on the executive board of the DNC LGBTQ caucus. And there's two things that had me step up to run for chair of Democrats Abroad. The first is the incredible opportunity and challenge that we face. Republicans want to tear down our democracy, and they want to strip away the protections and rights, starting with the most vulnerable communities. And they're willing to put our country on the brink of default to achieve their extreme agenda. When we work together to mobilize across the globe, DA makes a difference. And the second thing that moved me to run and inspires me is our community of volunteers and leaders all around the world. I believe that our community is genius. Nine million Americans living abroad, living powerful lives across cultures. And I'm running because I want you as volunteers and leaders around the world in your country committees to be successful. And I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Excellent. All right. That takes us to the questions part of it. We have a series of questions for each of our candidates. Martha, you will be able to go first answering the questions. We'll give each of you 90 seconds to do the initial response, and the other person will get 90 seconds. And then we'll give you a 45-second follow-up. And it's it's not so much that we want to debate, but you know, just because the other candidate is going to say something, we would kind of like to hear what your response to the other individuals is. So, Martha, you're going to go first with this question. What should Democrats abroad put into place right now to ensure that the turnout for overseas voters are in record numbers for 2024 and 2026? Thank you for that question. I, you know, I think that there's there are a number of things that Democrats abroad can and should put in place right now. First of all, I think at Democrats abroad, we know what to do, right? We've been in this game for decades. We tried out a lot of things in 2018, 2020, and 2022 that we can bundle together that will make us successful. I think on top of that, there's three things that we need. We need to have the governance in place. We need to have the plans. There's a big election next year in 2024. We have to have the timelines. We have to have the robust financial planning and reporting and policy and guidance that serve our mission. We need to give confidence and support to the grassroots in our country committee so they can succeed. So I think good governance is one thing that we can put in place today. We know how to do that. The second thing I think is we need strong country committees and Jazz has already referenced that. I think we agree on that. We have to support our local leaders with the planning and the resources they need. And that starts with training for the global presidential primaries that are coming up. These are great ways for Democrats abroad to get out in our communities locally, to be known to members, but also just Americans who can come and sign up to register to vote on the first day. We are at best practice in the Democratic Party in allowing same-day registration. Um, these are great events, but our country committees are going to need to ramp up for those. So by putting in place planning and training for all of our country leaders, and we can do that right now, we can be ready for 2024. And I think that we have to have all of our global teams and our leaders of our global teams in place. Um, a lot of that is there now, and I think that should continue into the into the next uh, coming years. But we have some places where we need to strengthen those teams. That's your time, Martha. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Jazz, Martha referred to you as Jazz, so I guess we'll call you Jazz. Uh, Jazz, you have 90 seconds. What must DA put in place right now to ensure re record overseas voters for 2024 and 2026? Great, thank you very much for this great question. And uh, what we definitely need is strategic diversity and inclusion. That isn't just an issue for, let's say, quote unquote, human resources. Given that our organization is wholly dependent upon its people to deliver our objectives, this is clearly a strategic issue, but a strategic diversity and inclusion approach is needed and it's needed now because why leadership and engagement from the top, that is truly needed to enable a real change and the associated benefits Leaders from the very top need to engage and lead. Leaders need to sponsor. Leaders need to activate a structured strategic approach so that all teams, all country committees, all chapter levels, all departments within our own organization are engaged in a change program. And we can only do this by organizing. Okay, it's easy to say, well, we are organizing. We're thinking about what kind of events we could do. No, it's not about that. It's about speaking to uh, on eye level to our own 
volunteers or even the new ones that we engage and we need to do this now we cannot wait until next year we have to do everything now and to do that there are some, some i would like to give you two examples of a multifaceted strategy that we could use to embrace innovation engagement but also collaboration for not just voter outreach but even participation volunteer outreach so in order to embrace innovation engagement and a real collaboration for voter, voter outreach um, we can do two things. One is uh, a digital platform integration strategy. This strategy would be comprised out of innovation, engagement, and collaboration. Can we talk ah. about innovation? Okay, deep, deep road later on. <laughs> is grassroots empowerment strategy. So yeah, we could talk a little bit deeper on that later. Thank you very Martha, much. Martha, any, any extra thoughts on this topic for 45 seconds? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, I think there's a, a good point that Jazz raises there in terms of making sure our platforms are, are integrated. In every election year, we need to reassess which platforms are going to be strategic and useful for us. We have to build relationships with the tech platforms. It's something that we have done before and that we can do again. But I think that's really important and a key part of expanding the electorate, which is the game. The game is expanding the electorate. And so I think that that's absolutely the case. But we have to engage the volunteers and we need to grow our global team so that we're ready to support the country committee. So I think that's really essential. Jazz, last 45 seconds on this question for you. Thank you. Um, it is quite interesting to have such a strong candidate as well um, partnering up here with me today in this call. But um, what I do also want to point out is that we have to do the work now. As soon as one of us are elected, I think one of our first tasks is really to fill the positions, the vacant seats, the vacant team leads immediately, because we need events coordination. We need fundraising coordination. We need so many spots that are essential. And as I said earlier on, not Next year, we need it now because everything that we do now secures us a little bit more of a win in 2024. And we have to do the work now. We cannot wait. Now is the time. Wonderful. We'll move on to question number two. And this uh, one, Jazz will answer first with a 90 second uh, first round. Uh, what experience do you have engaging and working with Congress and lobbying for legislative change for our community of citizens abroad? Thank you very much for that great question. Well, um, for one, being a caucus leader as well within Democrats Abroad, we had multiple opportunities in communicating with um, Congress people um, on so many various levels, not just in regards to uh, the Black constituency group, but overall on a wider perspective. Um, we've also been doing a lot of outreach on the sidelines since the last two years, actually, and always with talking with exceptionally good leaders that we have in our Congress that are all democratic, but also building new bridges and making sure that we can work together to ensuring that these collaborations are not just fruitful for the US and fruitful for the Congress, but also fruitful for DA, because they need to realize how strong DA can be, how strong DA is, and that we make the difference. I mean, 2022, 2020, uh, look, look at those numbers. What is what, what will happen if we up the numbers of actual uh, votes that have been cast even more from eight, from roughly 8%, maybe up to 15%, maybe even up to 20%. And the United States is realizing the force that is within our community as a volunteer force, and we have to embrace that. Thank you. Thank you. Martha, 90 seconds, your turn. What experience do you have engaging and working with Congress and lobbying for legislative change for our community of citizens abroad? Hey, well, I spent 12 years advocating for immigration access for Americans who were living abroad who were exiled because they had same-sex partners and we didn't qualify for immigration status. So I did that on many different fronts. And I was delighted the Democrats abroad picked up some of that work. So I was doing that work with my own foundation outside of Democrats abroad. And we mobilized people to tell their stories. We mobilized people to write to Congress. Um, I attended the Senate Judiciary Hearing Committee. And I also helped um, work with Congress people to make sure that there was going to actually going to be a committee meeting. And we were going to discuss and they were going to actually forward immigration rights for same-sex couples. I followed that all the way through to the conference comprehensive immigration reform. So that's definitely one of my passions. Um, and, you know, when I joined Democrats Abroad, my predecessor told me, go to the door knocks. 
they're the best. And so I've been at every door knock that Democrats abroad has done since I became a leader in 2011. And those are just such incredibly extraordinary opportunities to be able to take the issues that matter to us as Americans abroad that uniquely affect us and bring it to all of our different members of Congress. So I'll be participating again. And I want to encourage anybody. I still agree with that recommendation. The door knocks are the best. And we need to go on when we're advocating for issues, you need to try every avenue and every front. And that has been my experience. And we did successfully win immigration rights for same-sex couples. Um, and so I think that experience is uh, is one that I bring to Democrats abroad. Well, thank you. Jazz, any follow-up thoughts for 45 seconds? Well, yes, I absolutely second what Martha said. The door knocks are going to be essential and crucial, especially this year. Um, but I'm going to tell you a little bit of a personal story here um, when it comes to uh, communicating with members of Congress. We're not just communicating with members of Congress of our own party. We're also communicating to the other side, the dark side, the bad ones. And one of my endorsements there is a, a former ambassador who's the best friend of Trump. He's one of his biggest fundraisers, and he even wrote an endorsement for me. Why? Because I'm able to bring people and communities together despite different kind of party affiliation. And we also need to keep that in mind that that is something very important we as Democrats abroad need to do. Thank you. Martha, you have another 45 seconds. Well, you know, here I would just underline, um, you know, what Jazz just said. When we were um, door knocking on tax issues at one of the last door knocks that I was able to attend, we were visiting both Republican and Democratic offices. And it actually was a Republican who put together a draft of the very first proposed legislation on residency-based taxation for our issues. And so that is so important that we work um, across the aisle there. And I think it's also really important that we train our new leaders to come to the door knocks and to be able to speak and advocate around these issues. It's really a skill that we can bring to people. And I think it's one that is very engaging and important and can make a difference. Thank you. All right, question number three. Uh, and this time we'll start with Martha. What will you do to support country committees and regional leadership, plus ensure that holding those positions is sustainable and rewarding? You have 90 seconds. Well, thank you. That is actually a really essential question for Democrats abroad, because that is where so much of the work takes place is in our local country committees and, of course, the regional leadership that is supporting them. So. I, I think the first thing I would say is listening to all the country committees, and I've been doing that for the last couple of months since I um, announced that I was running for chair of Democrats abroad. We have very diverse country committees. I mean, they're big and small and medium sized. They're in very different cultural contexts. They are on the ground meeting Americans, engaging them, but they're also dealing with their own cultures and circumstances, their own local legislation in terms of how they can operate. Some are registered, some are not registered. They have all kinds of different situations. So the first thing is to listen to them and find out what they need. And I think the other thing is to support them in their planning processes. In Democrats Abroad, we used to do field plans. That's something I would absolutely bring back so that everybody fills in a template for what they're going to do in the coming year, sends that up. We can assess those at a regional and global level. We can support the country committees. We know what they're up to. We know what resources they need, uh, the resources they have, how they need to augment that, how we can support them, and we need to roll that up to a global level. So I think the first thing is just finding out what the challenges are in the country committees. Some of them are on the edge of viability. They need support to be able to build and be able to continue their work. Um, and others are bigger and more complex and need other kinds of support. So we need to find out exactly um, what's needed and we need to stay in close contact with local country committees. Thank you. Jazz, for 90 seconds, your first response to the same question, what will you do to support country committees and regional leadership, plus ensure that holding those positions is sustainable and rewarding? Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, well, I've had had the pleasure now for um, a little bit under a year to serve on the International XCOM, and I've been listening up and down in every corner of our own community. And there are several key strategies that we absolutely can uh, implement to empower uh, and mobilize our own uh, teams there. So we have to look at education and awareness. We also have to look at networking and collaboration. Adding on top of that, capacity building, access to resources, amplifying marginalized voices, as well as policy advocacy, digital tools and social media, mentorship and support, but also, as well as celebration of successes. So all of these key points um, are duly needed and highly needed to add on top of what Martha already has um, perfectly laid out. Um, the teams, the regional teams, they have their own issues. They have everything um, that 
from a global standpoint, not one recipe works. We have to open up the field and see what works best and how we, can we assist you and uplift you as a country committee and make it sustainable. Thank you. Martha, have you any further thoughts for 45 seconds? Yes, I do. So I think, um, you know, we're coming out of a period with a pandemic when everyone was locked in their houses and very willing to engage um, uh, online with each other, which is one of the things we've been doing for a very long time. I think one of the things that can make the work in the country committees more sustainable is to really bring back the local get togethers. I have seen how delighted people are to meet up in person. I think that that's really important, something we can bring back, which brings the joy of activism back for people. Uh, I think that's one thing we can do. I think our work is rewarding, but I think we can make the work easier for our country committees. We can put a a lot of global things in place that will make their work easier. And I think that that can make it also much more rewarding. And I completely honor the vice chairs uh, of the different regions who have such a job to try to support so many different country committees. Um, and they're so diverse and so different. So we need to, we need to be sure that we're um, supporting those vice chairs as well. Thank you. Jazz, 45 seconds to follow up. Absolutely. So absolutely second that of uh, Martha. Uh, after COVID, everybody's kind of coming out of their shells as well. And it's great to see everybody in person. Um, I've also had the opportunity to nearly visit every chapter election, every country committee election that we just had. And one thing stood out, we have tremendous talented people out there. What we need to do is bring them together and, and make them collaborate, not just in their own little bubble, so to say, but on a global perspective. Um, and this tremendous talent can be used to reach out in numbers. That's untapped resources that we have. We could use that capacity and we should, and we must. And when, when, when we do it, now. And our fourth question kind of builds on that third question. How will you support country committees, local chapters in recruiting, engaging and supporting an active bench of volunteers? Jazz, you have the first 90 seconds. Thank you very much. Well, again, there are multiple ways in, in, in empowering um, these groups. It is through education and awareness. We need to make sure that what we do, what we provide is streamlined, is professionalized, and makes their lives easier so that they have a, a, a clean and easy slate to start with. That is fundamental. But then we should also start looking at how can we help them reach out? Is it uh, through newsletters? Is it through um, <clears throat> campaign or tabling events? But we've done that all before, but we have to be a little bit more strategic about it. There are, for example, opportunities for us globally speaking, but also in chapters or in country committees where we can tap into corporates. Those kind of events would pro most probably be bipartisan, but it still would give us an opportunity to promote vote from abroad, for example, but it also would give us a uh, uh, opportunity to, on the sideline, engage with fellow Americans that live abroad that are in so many numbers working for corporates, maybe just for two or three year assignments, but they're actually being tapped, they're not being tapped out. And in addition, we have so much potential in reaching out to military personnel and their families that live off their bases, off posts. And we have, we've been experimenting a little bit uh, last year on that, especially I have, and there was one really great thing to say is last year we had an 82 year old that for the very first time in his life, I was able to help him register and cast his vote. And he, this fellow stood in front of me crying um, after he done that. Martha, our fourth question, your turn. How will you support country committees and local chapters in recruiting, engaging and supporting an active bench of volunteers? You have 90 seconds. Um, so we have a lot of new people who are in chair leadership roles in our different country committees right now. So I think what I'm hearing from them is they really need assistance in terms of how to do exactly this, how to recruit volunteers. Um, I think that the country committees are the entry point for most of our volunteers. And I think that's where we can meet them in person, get to know who they are, find out what rocks their uh, world, find out what their skills and talents are. And that's when you can start to see where they're going to fit in as volunteers. I absolutely feel we have to invite volunteers into the organization. Probably most people don't join Democrats abroad thinking, you know, I can dedicate 10 hours of my, a week of my life or whatever. They come in to do something small. We have to bring them along and find things that they can do that are going to work for them inside of their lives. And uh, one of the things that I've been hearing from people is, no, not everyone has two hours, but a lot of people have smaller chunks of time. So we need to find tasks for volunteers that they can do that, again, that light them up, 
that where they can bring their, their talents and skills, but also fit inside of their family lives and other things. So we need to find ways and, you know, examples are, you know, writing postcards or, you know, being trained in phone banking and then doing a little bit a day, but we need to find ways and we need to listen to our members to find out exactly how it is that they want to volunteer and how they can volunteer. So what the way I will support the country committees in that is having this kind of dialogue and finding out what their needs are as volunteers, what their opportunities are volunteers, and then making sure that we bring people together so we can find out who people are and then invite Jazz, uh, recruiting, engaging, and supporting volunteers. You're, you're 45 seconds additional. Yes. For this one. So, so Martha um, pointed out a very strong word for me. That's bringing people together. Um, I truly believe if, they, if we engage in true inclusion, bringing people together, hosting way much more roundtable discussions, that is actually where we can do the most effective work. It doesn't help us very much if we have new volunteer and we go like, oh, you could be a chair. You could do this. You could do this. You could do this. It wears them out. It overwhelms them. We're not going to get nowhere. The person's going to leave our community. We have to be engaging, be open, and ask the person, well, where do you feel that we can utilize your talents best? Come to our table, hear us out, but we also want to hear you out. So it goes hand in hand together. Martha, 45 seconds on volunteers. Your last thoughts? Yeah, so I just want to speak to the issue of keeping our volunteers. Um, and to keep our volunteers, we need to give them value. We need to give them enough context and understanding and background and knowledge so that the ones, when they step into their role, they know exactly what they need to do. And for me, I've always gotten value out of going to the global meetings, but I've heard recently from people who come to online global meetings that they're um, not sufficiently oriented, they find them confusing, um, and that they find them very procedural and not a good use of their time. And so we have to go back to those people, and we're doing that right now to make sure that they stay with Democrats abroad. But we need to be sure that we're providing people for the context of why we're here. We're here to keep our democracy. We're here to win elections. And we have some procedural things that we need to do, but we need to really presence um, for people what, what we need from them. Thank you. Question number five is a change of pace. We're getting a little more personal. And Martha, you, <laughs> you are first. What would you bring to the office of chair that makes you the strongest candidate? Well, what I would bring to the office of international chair is that I know Democrats abroad from various angles. So while I'm a DNC member, which is a, a senior role, um, which I've been in, I'm in my second term uh, and have had six years at the DNC. So I am engaged with the party at the, at the national level. You know, I'm also behind the voter assistance help desk answering questions. And I'm part of the California state team doing voter protection. So I think what I would bring is that I have stood in the shoes of many of our leaders and volunteers. I know a lot of the challenges they face. And I think that that perspective of having uh, served in many different roles across Democrats abroad um, gives me the ability to be ready on day one, let's say, to make the plans and do everything that we need to do for 2024. I also have a running mate, Steve Nardi, out of Canada, who's also a very experienced Democrats abroad leader. Um, I very much hope that we're both elected and we can serve together. And the reason that we're running together is because we want to bring the experience that we both have as country committee chairs to this critical election that we have in 2024. And we plan to be ready on day one. Thank you. Jazz, you have 90 seconds to answer the same question. What would you bring to the office of chair that makes you the strongest candidate? Thank you very much, Rachel. Um, so I would definitely, I, I'm actually treasure trove of true diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. I understand what it is uh, and what it, what it needs to feel included. That's the ground uh, part of me, but also, um, I've also had the opportunity to serve our community in various roles. I'm still incumbent for uh, chair of the Global Black Caucus, but also as the International Secretary of Democrats Abroad. I've been doing the work currently for a little bit under a year. I exactly know what we need to do, what um, processes are involved. And I've also done all of the phone banking, all of the intercom and other various um, platforms where we needed to help our volunteers, but also our uh, constituents um, left, right and center. And what I also bring to the table, and this might be very important, is I definitely only need an hour or two of sleep per day. So that is a lot of time at hand that I could do the actual work. And I've been doing the work now, and I'm looking forward to hopefully continuing doing the work too. Thank you. Martha, 45 seconds for further thoughts. 
So the job of international chair of Democrats abroad is a huge job. And I don't know that any of us can really foresee it, um, but I, I'm aware that it's a really huge job. I think it really takes a village. It takes a team here. I think I'm aware of that. But I really first just want to call out and acknowledge everyone who has ever served as chairs of Democrats abroad. I have served under many international chairs of Democrats abroad. I see them at their most stressful moments. So I have a sense of what this job takes, you know, at convention where you get, well, maybe even less sleep than jazz needs, but it's very intense experience. And of course, there's a lot of pressure on us. So um, I, you know, I honor everyone who has served or who has run for international chair. Um, and um, I think we don't know exactly what is coming at us in 2024. But I think that with all of our community, we can be ready. Thank you. Jazz, further thoughts? Well, on, on another note of, of having a lack of sleep, um, what I also bring to the table is having a very calm and collective um, attitude, even in very stressful situations where I get even less than one or two hours of sleep. That is something that we absolutely need to maintain um, and maintain also the capacity to speak to our volunteers and our fellow teammates in a very diplomatic level even though it can get very stressful, but we're all in this together. We're volunteers. None of us gets paid. And we have to not, or we cannot forget that because we are in this together. And only together we can win because abroad we live, but abroad we vote. What are your top three priorities for Democrats abroad? Jazz, you've got the first 90 seconds. Well, my top three priorities is making sure that all of our um, messaging platforms, everything is streamlined so that we can ensure that our fellow teammates, but also our volunteers and our constituents get the messaging that they need, clear, concise, uh, fact-driven, and uh, uh, knowledge-based. And on top of that, what we really have to do is then look at uh, further talking points as voting and the democratic process as well. So we have to ensure that our voting rights accessibility tools are working because we have to look at it now. We should test run it now and make it work. And there are other uh, issue topics that we also should address uh, very well. But another thing that really points out what we really need to do very quickly, but concisely and with enough time at hand, keeping everybody informed, keeping everybody in the, in the, in the room and on the table is redo our charter. And this is not a one-person job. This is not an eight-person job of the International XCOM. This should be a job for our complete organization where every, every hand, every thought, every idea is important and valuable. Martha, to you, question number six. What are your top three priorities for Democrats abroad? You've got 90 seconds. Okay, so my first priority for Democrats abroad is that we bring focus into the organization right now on our goal and our mission to win the election in 2024. We do not want to the Republicans to bring in an autocratic president. Our country will not survive. So to bring focus to the to the work, and by that having the governance in place, I'm going to repeat having the governance in place so that we have a clear view of what's going on in the organization. What that will do is that will quiet down the noise in the organization, the drama in the organization, the speculating in the organization of how are things working. People will be clear what they have to do. I think the second thing is make sure we have strong country committees, make sure the country committees are supported, that they have activities and teams in place so that we can have the fun that we can have in, in a presidential election year. And we can do everything we need to do at the federal, but also the state level to win elections. And the third thing I would say is that we need to have our communications infrastructure in place. We need all of the teams across all of the platforms to make sure that we can get the message out because communications is absolutely at the heart of everything we do, whether it's communicating to our members and our volunteers and our leaders, or whether it's getting the word out on all of our digital channels with digital ads, all the different platforms, we need to have all of that in place because it's only when Americans abroad learn that we exist and learn they can vote from abroad that we can actually fulfill our mission and get those votes in. Jazz, another 45 seconds. What are your top three priorities for Democrats abroad? Well, I've just mentioned the three priorities, but there's one that I would like to add on top of that is collaboration between our state parties and the DNC. Um, it is quite crucial, and I'm, I'm very grateful for all the hard work and efforts that our current still incumbent international chair, Candace Kirsten, has put in um, to bring our organization onto a next, more forward-thinking uh, organization. And I would like to build on top of that, but we can only do this 
collaborating with the other state parties, but also with the DNC itself. And we should absolutely nourish those um, relationships that have been started so uh, empowered, actually. Martha, final 45 seconds on this question for you. Well, absolutely. Our relationship with the state parties and the DNC is very important, but the DNC is also counting on us as Democrats abroad. They may be funding us at a new level at the moment, and they have expectations that we are going to deliver the vote in 2024. They also have expectations that we are going to fundraise to the level that we did in the past in 2020, where we raised a million dollars. So the stakes are very high for this organization for the next chair, and it's very important that we um, that we have that plan for how we're going to do that, that we find our partners, as have met, been mentioned earlier, partner organizations that we can work with, but also our partner organizations that we can fundraise with so that we can realize that partnership with the DNC and the state parties that we need. That takes us to question number seven. Martha, you'll be up first for this one. What role do you see for the global caucuses? How will you support them? How will you leverage their outreach and fundraising, recruiting members, and engaging volunteers? Martha, are you up first? Yes. So I am really delighted with the growth and the expansion of the global caucuses. I think that they have been really essential for Democrats abroad in starting to reach out to the more diverse communities um, that are in all of our country committees. They're also incredibly important for showing not just that we advocate for the issues that matter only to Democrats abroad, but that we advocate for the issues that matter in our country, the issues of our time. So the global caucuses, I think, are very important inside of Democrats abroad. Their content is often extraordinary. We have webinars, and Jazz is producing some of these and is doing great work in the Global Black Caucus as well as other caucuses. Um, and I think that that's really important. I think our caucuses need something else, though. And I think that we cannot leave the messaging on critical issues only with our caucuses. I think we need to have a communication strategy inside of Democrats abroad so we can uplift those messages, give them focus, and that we can be a match for the Republicans because their message is clear. They're going after global communities. When we make traction on racial justice and on specific issues, the Republicans use that and target that to mobilize their voters against us. So we need a global communication strategy that is going to lift up the work of the global caucuses and give them more of a voice and make them more effective. And also so that they can support the local caucuses in the countries, um, which are also a great way for us to do outreach within our community. Don. We are in question number seven. What role do you see for the global caucuses? How will you support them? And how will you leverage their outreach in fundraising, recruiting members, and engaging volunteers? Jazz, 30 sec uh, 90 seconds for you on this one. Thank you very much, uh, David. Um, well, yes, as a caucus chair leader myself, I absolutely know how critical the, the, the work is that we as global caucus chairs are doing. Um, and speaking, not just speaking from the global caucus perspective, but even from the country committee caucus perspective, this is often, these caucuses are often a pathway into DA. There have been several uh, um, situations where people did not really want to join DA at first because they were hesitant joining Democrats per se, but they've found that their, uh, their ear was heard or their, their voice was heard. Uh, in regards to issues that are, relate to them. And those issues are being covered by our global caucuses or country committee caucuses. And they're doing this on a very wide spectrum. I, as a, a international chair, would definitely uplift the work that the caucuses are doing even more to the forefront. Um, last year, we had the state teams that came to arise, and the, there was uh, very good collaborations between the state teams and the caucuses. And that is something that we could actually nurture and uh, even empower more more collaboration like that because every state should have very diverse caucuses. We have 11 different uh, very diverse caucuses and they do tremendous work, tremendous outreach, but they don't always necessarily receive the recognition and the gratitude from our organization that they deserve and uh, 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 that they deserve. So we should uplift them even more because again, it is a pathway, but it's also a very good tool to reach out to the issues because people are not going to be voting on candidates in 2024. They're voting on issues. Um, Martha, another 45 seconds for you for your thoughts on global caucuses. 
Yeah, so I think we've done really well in the last couple of years in using the caucuses to help fundraise for Democrats abroad. Uh, caucuses and and um, and task forces often don't need a lot of their own funds to be able to do their work, um, but they've been able to bring money into the organization. And I think that we need to um, we need to obviously continue to fundraise. So that's an important channel. What I want to say about the caucuses is not all caucuses have to be the same. There are many models for doing caucuses, and we need to make sure that we have a match for the work we're doing and the resources we have. When, when I led the LGBTQ caucus, we didn't always have a large body of volunteers, but we were very effective because we provided resources for all of the country committees to be at pride festivals, to table, to do some of their biggest Fun. fundraising events of the year. And I think uh, um, a simple approach like that can also be taken for caucuses. Jazz, last 45 seconds on global caucuses for you. Absolutely. Well, what is really important, what we also need to do is we need to streamline um, how we disseminate messaging and resources to country committee uh, caucuses as well, because a lot of the times, uh, and speaking out of firsthand, the global caucuses are providing the resources, but they get lost in transition all the way down to the uh, country committee caucuses. And a lot of information, valuable resources are being lost or not even communicated. And there are very easy ways how we can professionalize this system. We have to do it. We have to do it now. Thank you. Our final question is one more get to know you question. And Jazz, you will go first. Who is your political role model, past or present? You have 90 seconds. That's a very, very good, good question. I actually have two role models there. And surprisingly, they're both women. One, Michelle Obama. Two, Kamala Harris. The reason for Michelle Obama is I would actually love for her to run as a president, even though or, or, uh, we know that she would never do that um, until now. But um, the, the, the time that they have been in, in, in the White House have been enlightening, encouraging, uplifting, forward-thinking, fun, calm, collective, but also how a president or female president should be and could be. When we're looking at Kamala Harris, I really think that she has been under the weather through press, through media, even from in, in, in our host countries, where they're not realizing all of the hard work, essential hard work she has done as a role model, because representation matters. Yes, the uproar of, yes, we have, we finally have the first person of color who's a president and she's female, but she's not doing anything. Well, if we look back, no vice president was really featured in the press that much. The expectation level now, this time was uber high, but actually she together with President Biden, they have accomplished tremendously, tremendously. So having those two as role models is actually what, what, what I personally always look up to and aspire to kind of be in a certain kind of level. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Martha, for 90 seconds, your first answer. Uh, who so is, think, sorry? Oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead and ask oh, the question. I'm just going to repeat the question, but you know what it is. Who's your political role model, past or present? Thank you. So, you know, I view my job inside of Democrats Abroad and who I am in the world as passing something on to those who come after me, to the next generation. And um, my political role model is the late Congressman John Lewis. And on my very first door knot with Democrats Abroad in 2011, I was in the hallways with one of the other door knot groups and we ran into Congressman Lewis and had a chat with him. And we wanted to do a picture. And he said, no, 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 no. Come to my office tomorrow. One of the people in our group, he had met recently in Oslo, Norway. So he knew who Democrats Abroad was. And even though this wasn't my doorknock group, they invited me to go along with him. And it was the honor of my life, probably a highlight of my life, to spend an hour and 15 minutes with Congressman Lewis to share about the advocacy we were doing for same-sex couples and to have him walk us through the entire history of the civil rights movement. And why is that? Because he did that one thing. He dedicated his life to voting rights. And he spent his time walking people through that history so that it would be known for future generations so that when he's not here anymore, his work could be carried on. He took pictures with us. He uh, listened to my advocacy about, uh, about um, LGBT immigration, which he'd already signed on to. 
And he thanked us for the gift that D.A. Norway gave him, which was the one picture that wasn't hanging on his wall yet of Martin Luther King receiving the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, so I really got the gift that that was for me. I don't think I would be with Democrats any broad anymore if we hadn't, if I hadn't had that experience. And I want to be somebody like that who passes it on to the next generation. Thank you, Martha. Jazz, any further thoughts? Well, I'd just like to also add additional two people to the to my list. One is Ambassador uh, Levine, Susan Levine. She was an ambassador to uh, Switzerland and Liechtenstein. Um, and there's one thing when when through the work that we've done that she's mentioned to me is be the best be the best ambassador that you could be for yourself and for others. That is exactly how you lead. And I actually have to say, Martha, I really envy that you had the opportunity to, to meet uh, John Lewis. But that also brings one, one very clear point to me. Martin Luther King overall has always been my number one go-to person. And he had a dream. And my dream is to lead Democrats abroad one day. Thank you. Martha, further thoughts? Um, well, there's, you know, so many role models to think of, um, but I actually think also about all the incredible people that I've known over my almost 20 years with Democrats abroad, who just do the work every day, who just do the work, who complete coming back to it, and who find ways, whatever they are, to get out that abroad from abroad, you know, that making sure that everybody is getting out there and voting. And it's just, it's such an incredible community of people who are so selfless, who are so passionate, and who care so much about, about people being able to vote and exercise their democratic rights. So I would say that the community of Democrats abroad is full of role models, and that we can learn so much from each other, and I honor all of our volunteers. Thank you. And thanks, both of you, for such wonderful, thoughtful answers to our questions. Uh, we're now going to give each of you two minutes to make a concluding statement, and we will once again determine the order with a coin toss. David, you have your Canadian loony ready? Yes, yeah, so it's not heads or tails, it's a queen or a loon. Um, <laughs> uh, Jazz called queen last time, so I think, Martha, you get to call this time. Which one would you like to be, the queen or the loon? I'll be the loon. The loon. Excellent. You are? Oh, it's the queen. The queen gets the first week. Can this be a lottery so we win something? <laughs> <laughs> well, the biggest problem is we have to get new ones now with a king on them, but that's kind of Canada's problem. Like problem for another day. Yes, exactly. Uh, Jazz, you get two minutes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Blue Vote Cafe, for having us. This is absolutely an honor being on your show again, and I'm listening to it over and over again. Well, thank you for this incredible opportunity to address um, you today as a candidate for the role of International Chair of Democrats Abroad. Ahead of making the decision to campaign, I have been inspired by the dedication and the passion of Democrats around the world who are committed to making a difference. Now I stand before you to share my vision and the strategies that will drive our core mission, getting out the vote. We do live in a time when our democratic values are being tested, when division and misinformation threaten the very foundations of our societies. But in the face of these challenges, we have a chance to rise above the, and reclaim our power. As international chair, my goal will be to inspire, motivate, and empower every Democrat abroad to exercise the right to vote and to be a forward-thinking force for positive change. First and foremost, we must strengthen our community engagement by building connections, organizing local chapters, and fostering a sense of belonging. We will create a vibrant and supportive network. Together, we will mobilize volunteers to reach out to every corner of the globe, ensuring that no Democrat abroad is left behind. We will hold workshops, town halls, and online forums to educate and empower our members, equipping them with the knowledge and tools they need to make informed decisions. Lastly, we must collaborate and form strength, uh, strategic partnerships. Democracy knows no borders, and our fight for a better future must be a global endeavor. I will work tirelessly to build alliances with like-minded organizations, both domestically and internationally, to amplify our collective voice and maximize our impact by collaborating with progressive movements and sharing best practices. We learn from each other every other day and expand our resources and increase voter turnout across the globe. In closing, my fellow Democrats, let us remember the power of our collective action. We are a force to be reckoned with and our voices matter. 
Together we can inspire change, motivate others to action and empower every Democrat abroad to make a difference. So let us rise above the challenges. Let us overcome wow. obstacles and let us be the driving force behind a wave of voter engagement that shapes the future we want to see. I humbly ask for your support and your trust in leading Democrats abroad. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Martha, you have two minutes. Thank you, Rachel and David. So in closing, I'd like to acknowledge both of you as members of our community for all you make possible. Um, and, and for all of our volunteers and leaders, you know, the work can be exciting and exhilarating and fulfilling, but it also can be really challenging and tough. And it really takes something to put yourself out there as a Democrats abroad leader each day and to address the issues at the heart of our democracy and to elect candidates who will work to fulfill the future that we stand for as Democrats. And the future I see for Democrats abroad is one where we activate and nurture the brilliance of our community to deliver on our mission. And there's three things that I think are critical there. The first is having the governance in place, the plans, the financial planning reporting, the policies and guidance. We need to give confidence and support to our grassroots. They are the heart of our organization and we need them to succeed. And the second, again, strong country committees, we must support our local leaders with the planning and the resources they need. And that starts with training for running the global presidential primaries to showcase DA and what we provide to get that valuable earned media and to grow our membership. That will be so critical in 2024. And lastly, we need all of our global teams and leaders to be ready. Having our communication teams in place is essential, but also IT, voter assistance, voter protection, data analytics, information security, data protection, study abroad programs, advocacy teams, event management, websites, graphic design. And we now have state teams, which are a great innovation, and we have strong global caucuses. We need to uplift all of this work through a global communication strategy. So thank you for everyone who's listening and for the role you play in choosing the leadership team that is going to take us through the 2024 election. I would be honored and grateful to have your vote. And I know that together we will be able to create greater success than ever before. So let's hold each other accountable for these results I'm and for the organization that we build together. Thank you. Thank you both, Martha McDevitt-Pugh and Lee Donald Jasmore for spending this time with us, for giving the members this opportunity to get to know you a little bit. And thanks to the other candidates, everyone standing for a global office and to the 2023 NEC for creating this opportunity. Absolutely, second that. Thank you very, very much for all the hard work. Yes, thank you for everything. Thank you for having us today. Thanks, and I think Keith, you, Jazz. I think Keith has a few words he wants to add. As I, I, all I want to say is on behalf of the NEC, we want to thank you both for um, uh, for your participation. And of course, we also want to extend our thank yous to Rachel and David uh, for their extraordinary hosting. Um, it's again, it's a testament to the to the value of the time and skills and experience of our global volunteers that this is made possible. I also want to thank my colleagues, Helenka and Eric, for being on hand to help us make this uh, forum um, possible uh, for all Democrats Abroad members. And again, to our candidates, thank you for stepping up and running. Mm -hmm.